Welcome to the very first program in the new Tuesday topic series. I'm Paul Edwards, and I am overjoyed to have about 30 folks hanging out with me for the next hour. And we're going to explore what the impact of the virus that is currently pandemicking is on folks who are blind. I mean, we know what the impact is on our population as a whole, but I don't think we spent enough time really looking at what the impact is for folks who are blind. I thought it might be fun as our first program to spend some time talking about what those impacts are. Now, I maintain there are some specific advantages that people who are blind have uh, with regard to dealing with the pandemic. And that's the question I'm going to start with. Now, I could talk about what I think the advantages are, but I think it'll be more fun if I let some of the folks who've already raised their hands talk about what they think are some of the advantages that blind people have. I have a list of five. Let's see how many of you guys get mine or how many of you bring up others that I hadn't even thought of. So, Mr. Rick, who shall go first? Well, we've got Anne at the top of the list. Hey. Miss Anne. Oh, hello, Paul. Hi. Hi. It's been a while. Haven't been on Tuesday Topics. Haven't been on Tuesday Topics for a while. That's right. We're glad to have you back, Miss Anne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're glad to see you back on the radio again. I mean, back on ACB radio again. So what's the advantage, Miss Anne? Oh, oh, you mean being on ACB radio? No. What's, what is an advantage that blind people have in dealing with the pandemic over other people? I guess every, uh, every day, you know, you know, you just go with the flow. Ah. All right, Miss Ann. Thanks. Who's next? Well, let's we're going to do Christine here. Go ahead, Christine. Christine, go. I think the advantage that that we have is um that we are able to um that, that we live in isolation um sometimes more often than other people do anyway. So we're um, we're able to use our our brains instead of our um, you know instead of anything else. Chris, I think I think that's a really good point, and I think that's that's oh, one of the things that was on my list. Blind people are a lot more used to um, living on our own and and uh, operating pretty effectively as independent and competent folks because of the degree to which we're already to, to a degree isolated from the community um, by the fact that we're blind. So, so I think that's a good one. That was on my list, Chris. So that's good. Who's next? Mr. Byington. Oh. Michael. Hello, everyone. Hey, Anne, Michael. Anne is also with me here. Hey, Miss Anne. Hello. And the thing that has occurred to me is that perhaps in other venues, unfortunately, many, a, a greater percentage of people who are blind or severely low vision are on some type of uh, benefit, which is at least supplementing their income. And even if they work and they lose money from work during this time, they don't, they have a little bit more of a safety net to get through these things 
than the person out there who is depending upon their labors for 100% of their income. Yep, that was on my list too, Michael. I, I think there, that many of us who are blind don't have the same economic disruption that other people have um, during, the, we, we may not have a lot of money, but it, it generally is gonna be the same amount that we had before. So I think that's a very good point. That was on my list, so that's a good thing. All right, who's next? Phone number 5829, you're up. Yes, this is Peter Altschul from Columbia, Missouri. And I am delighted, uh, Paul, that you're back on the air. And what I was going to talk about the loneliness thing, but but the, uh, another thing that occurs to me is that we are tend to be a little more flexible about things. You know, we've experienced a lot more sort of weirdness in our lives than the average sighted person. And I think that um, might help some of us be a little more prepared for something like this. I think that's a good point. That's a good point. I'll take it, Mr. Peter. All right. Who's next? Lynn. Lynn Heddle. Well, my goodness. All the friends and art people here, guys. (laughs) So I've heard a lot of people that are so bored, they don't know what to do. And I have not been bored for a second through all of this because there is so much information out there and so much to read and listen to. And it's all uh, audio and, and Braille. We, we know how to get information. We've been doing it for years. And that that does not slow us down a bit. I think well, the... I, actually, you're talking Sorry. about what I think is the biggest advantage we have, Lynn. And that is the fact that through NLS, and most of us are part of NLS, we have access to an unlimited or pretty much unlimited number of books. And we don't have to, we don't have to, to pay for them and we know how to use them. And for the first time, um, we, we now have a chance to read all those series we don't have time to read because we're working. And I what think am that's I doing? one of the- Yeah, I'm downloading even more. If I read every book I've already got on my Victor Reader, it would take me years. That's correct. But, but we, we still download been, more. We still download more, and we call each other every time we know uh, there's another book. You got to read this one. You got to read this one. So we've been on a reading frenzy, and I've been on a listening frenzy, and I've been on a gratitude journey for this whole thing. Because sometimes I sit and I think, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I can take care of myself. I live by myself. I can use Instacart, or I'm learning. It's been an interesting experience. And can I real quickly, before I shut up and let somebody else talk, tell you a Tommy Emanuel story? You can. I just, a couple of weeks ago before all this started, a friend called me and said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, well, I don't know. I've got to play in church tomorrow. I'm practicing. Well, come here, Tommy Emanuel. And I said, who? And he was here in Birmingham. So we went to hear him. And he was, you just haven't heard anything. That song was good, but boy, when when he does a live concert and gets going, he had a guitar up there and he was using one of these brushes, you know, like they have in the jazz band that they play the drums with. He was using that. He was beating on every part of the guitar he could find and he was using that brush and the microphone to make some more sounds until the brush just exploded and just went everywhere. (laughs) He is in Incredible. He is amazing. He is amazing. So, <laughs> it was, Thank it was you, Miss Lynn. Who's next? Uh, phone number 9833, please. Go ahead. 
Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the last of my phone number. It's Alice Richard. Hi, and Alice. I'm glad to see hi, I'm glad to see Tuesday topics back. I would say that we actually are better at, at knowing how to get resources such as things like uh, when the toilet paper shortage became, became an issue because I do I don't I don't go to the grocery stores. I barely ever go into a brick and mortar store anymore because I can get everything and anything I need offline. Or online. Well, that's what I meant, online, like Amazon, QVC, you know, all uh, Omaha Steaks. So, I, you know, to me, that's an advantage I have because, you know, I have friends and they're like, I don't know what to do. I can't find this anywhere. And I just say, well, have you tried Amazon? <laughs> well, and I think that's really one of the points that, that is on my list as well. We know we already were, were using things like Instacart and um uh, Postmate and Grubhub and other services to either order food or order groceries. Um, and we, we already had established a way to do it. And the other thing is that uh, whether we use it or not, ERA is out there so that even for those of us who are not really good at doing some of those things, uh, we have folks out there who can help us um, and and sighted people don't have that assistance, you know. Granted, we pay for ERA, and granted, you know, it's a, it's an extra cost, but I think it makes a huge difference in terms of our peace of mind and our sense of security. That every single one of us knew when this pandemic started that we weren't going to be in the kind of trouble that we might have been ten years ago. I mean, technology has made a huge difference for us. I think. Thanks so much, Miss Alice from Georgia. We appreciate it. Who'd like to be next? Okay, Deborah Kendrick. Miss Deborah. Uh Hello. So, hi. hi. So, I'm going to give a couple of personal examples to illustrate what I'm thinking about. Um, First of all, what I thought when, when, when it started was how fortunate I am. I still work full time. But I've I've worked from home from home for many years, um, half time doing NLS barred tech support, and the other half writing articles and books and so forth. So I've got plenty to do, no time for boredom. So my first thought with all this was, many of us to survive are technologically more savvy than many of our sighted friends, and as some others have said, like I already have been getting my groceries to shift and Instacart for probably three years and, and, and um, know how to get things from Amazon and blah, blah, blah. But then a good friend of mine who's blind, who's technologically challenged, shall we say, um, she kind of annoyed me the other day until I thought it through because she's like, Oh, I've got this neighbor helping me with my mail and I put it out in a basket and she takes it and sterilizes it and calls me and reads it to me over the phone. And I've got this one who's dropping food off at the door and I've got this one who's doing this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I realized as blind people, whether we're geeks or not, in order to survive as blind people, we are all very, very resourceful. We know how to find another way. 
we we know there's always a workaround. There's always another way to do something. And so even for the people who don't have iPhones and don't have computers, they're resourceful because they've had to be to, to live in this world as blind people. Miss Deborah, thank you. Uh, I'm going to take two more on this question, then we're going to go on to another one. Okay, Thomas Upton. Mr. Tom. Hi. So, yes. So, yeah, this is currently this is very hard for all of us because of the coronavirus. And that left many, many things to be be going wrong, like events being postponed or canceled. Uh, Many stores and other places had to close down worldwide so that they don't want to speed up the spread. Yeah. So what advantages do we have that we haven't talked about so far, Tom? We have to stay home. And that's an advantage just because we know our way around? What's what's the advantage of being at home? We have to self-isolate. Yeah. You know, wash our hands. Cool. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. We appreciate it. All right. Who's next? Okay. Chris Coulter. Chris. Hi. Hi. Um, I, th- I, I echo what some of the other people are saying about how we are resourceful, and I would narrow it down to the case of, of at least in, in, in uh, my life, whether we're tech savvy or not, it's instinctive for us to be able to form community, whether it's offline or online. Yeah. And, and we're able to be more comfortable. Um, yes, we have to self-isolate, but we also can be more comfortable around uh, other people who are doing the same thing. And we learn how to, to band together in some way as we have, as we did last night in making the decision to care about not only ourselves in regard to our to the hotel and the convention but to um we we cared enough to care about our volunteers people who would be helping us out and weren't you know and taking care of we would be taking care of each other. And that's what I think we you, do. I think you make a hugely good point, um, mm-hmm. Chris, because because I think the bottom line is we, we in our lives have to learn to network because we know we're interdependent. We're not capable of operating um, categorically independently. We, we recognize that we're not even an archipelago, far less an island. <laughs> and so... I think what we end up doing is having already built the capacity to build networks. And and I think one of the cool things and one of the advantages that we have is many of us, if not most of us, know how to build those networks um, by giving as much as we get. Um, And I think that's one of the important things that blind people have learned to do and are comfortable doing. All right. We're going to change course, you guys. The second, the second question that, that I raised at the beginning of this exercise 
um, concerned what real disadvantages do we as blind people have during this virus? What, what, are, what are the things that really disadvantage us? And so I'd like us to talk a little bit about that. In a way, it's a harder question because everything that I've seen so far suggests that people who are blind are actually doing a pretty good job in terms of, of dealing with that. Um, but I think there are some real disadvantages that we operate with, and I'd like to try to put some of those out on the table for us to talk about. I know there is at least one raised hand, so who would that be, Mr. Rick? It's Mr. Brian. Mr. Brian. Hello there, Paul and Rick. Hello, Love that Mr. Brian. Tuesday topics being back again on the air. Um, I actually raised my hand on the previous question, but I'm going to uh, double dip here for a moment, if I may. One double. other advantage I have as a blind person is uh, I'm usually uh, connected to a few, a smaller group of people at any one time. Visually, people can pick up on large crowds and really um, interact, <clears throat> get something out of that indirect interaction. For me, if you know, a person is quiet and standing five feet from me, I don't know they're there. So I'm used to working in a smaller universe at any one time. That same lack of vision means that when I watch the evening news, some of the graphics are really graphic, if you will. And as a result, I think that the emotional slam of seeing things like um, the uh, inside of, a, of a, a nursing home where there's a large number of people who have the virus, those kind of things, not seeing those pictures, I think is to my advantage in terms of keeping my fears in check. I think of uh, the audio described shows like NCIS and like where they describe very graphically uh, what's going on. I'm glad I don't have that level of audio description in the evening news. So that's the, the positive of not seeing those things for me. Right. Now, the negatives of being a blind person, uh, the one that really stands out for me is When you're walking down the street, and people are still encouraged to get out and get exercise. When you're walking down the street, you as a blind person can't avoid that other person coming the other direction. You have to count on the people around you to keep the six foot distance. It's not something you can directly engage in. I've heard from a number of guide dog using friends in particular who have complained that uh, people, you know, brush up against them as they're going by. So, um, several several small disadvantages are number one. I was uh, looking at the news app the other day and kind of to echo what Brian said. Um, I couldn't. Uh, there was a graphic of a map that showed how many cases uh, were in Boston or how many had increased, and I could not tell uh, what that map was trying to say. So, I think that's. Uh, I think that's uh, one discipline. Uh, and the other is just not being able to get uh, certain types of transportation um, in certain areas. Miss Debbie. I have.
add a couple of things. Um, I think that we are all very blessed to have all of the technology and all of the things that people talk about. I've taken Uber a couple of times. But what I was what I was going to say was, I think there's a whole group of people who are blind and visually impaired that are forgotten about and perhaps not thought about by us. People who are newly blind, older blind people who are isolated. And I think most of us here probably have been blind for a long time. And I, I think about those people and wish I had a way to reach out to them. And so I think that we are to great advantage for all the reasons that people have said. And it makes me happy to know if I need to get out, I can get on my iPhone and get an Uber. I can call Zoom and be in on these meetings. I can do what, pretty much whatever I want. But I think there's a whole segment of our population that do not have advantage of all of these things that we have. And I think it might be a good topic for some Tuesday topics to figure out how do we reach out to people who are blind and, and, and disenfranchised? How do we find them? How do we reach out to them? That's a very good idea. Go ahead, Deborah. Okay. okay. So, yeah, the disadvantages thing. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty technologically plugged in. I think, you know, everybody, anybody who knows me knows that. But um, I was, I had a problem for the last week that I was trying to order groceries and I couldn't because I use Instacart and shipped on the, the iPhone apps all the time. And um, Instacart would show me first availability April 20th. And shipped looked like it was working, but then I would order this item and that item, you know, milk and bread and bananas and apples, and then I would go to my cart, and my cart would be empty. And, you know, that uh, old definition of insanity, you know, repeating the same thing over and over and over again and being foolish enough to expect different results. I I was awake all one night, Friday. I think it was Friday night, trying to do that and it just wouldn't work and so a week has gone by and as i said earlier i think you know we're resourceful so i i called my daughter who's a thousand miles away and um asked her if she would go on the uh on the the shipped version on the computer which i could not figure out how to use and she placed an order for me today. So so that's the good news. So that so the disadvantage is, you know, sometimes what we know and can do well just is broken. It's just not working and we need to think of something else. But the other thing for me is that um for those of you who, you know, may know a little bit about me, I've I've had quite a, a medical ride for the last 3 years and um I have additional disabilities right now in that I walk with a walker, which means no white cane, no dog. So the only outside walking I can do is, is around my building. And as it turns out, I'm living, I'm living in a 55-plus building, and I think the people in my building are not so savvy because 
I have been doing the little walk that I'm able to do without a white cane, which is to walk around the building, which is boring, but it beats a blank. And more than once, my fellow residents have come up to me and touched me and made comments. And I was getting my mail one day and this other woman stuck her hand in my tiny little mailbox to pull like that was very ridiculous like she was gonna pull the mail out of this tiny mailbox and hand it to me when my hand was already in there but the message to me was not everybody knows what's going on right now I mean there so so I think that's a disadvantage because we get into situations where people are breathing down our necks and, and we don't have an easy out I mean, it, in that instance, all I could do was grab my mail and run and come back and, you know, wipe everything off and hope she hadn't been around somebody with the virus recently because she breathed all over me. But um, we, we don't have easy exit strategies, I think. So, so Ms. Debbie, <laughs> what I ask you is, is there a particular... Uh, sense that you feel that we are perceived by the folks around us as being incompetent? Is that what you're suggesting? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I'm living, I have a condo in a building that has 55 units. And um, I, the woman that I was talking about, I had only met her once before, and it was about a year ago because somebody told me that she was the person to contact if I wanted emailed versions of the announcements that are posted in print in the lobby. Well, that was a, a, a an error because I contacted her, and the poor woman just was all a flutter because she didn't know how to do email, and she didn't know how to use her computer. And so I said, okay, it's okay. Forget it. You know, I'll figure it out. So I hadn't talked to her since then. And then I'm in the lobby one day and I'm getting my mail and she's in my face identifying herself. So that's good. I always thank people when they tell me who they are because I don't, I'm not a voice recognition machine. And, but then we have these tiny little male cubby holes and her hand is in the thing with my hand and we're fighting over my mail. And it was kind of funny. I mean, if I could draw a cartoon, it would have been a pretty good one, you know, because it's, it's this little tiny five by eight space. And she's got her hand in there trying to pull my mail out to hand it to me. And I'm like, Jean, Jean, I got this. Let go. And I'm, think <laughs> and I'm thinking, Excellent. do you not know that you're supposed to stay six feet away from me? So, uh, yeah. So I think the misconceptions that we deal with every day in normal time without a stupid coronavirus <laughs> can be compounded. Um, and, you know, so that was one situation where, you know, I, I, I mean, right. yeah. So. Thank you, Miss Deborah. Who's next, Mr. Rick? Okay. We've got one, six, eight, six. Hello. I just got a note that I'm unmuted. This is Alice from Milwaukee. May I speak now? You may, Miss Alice. Thank you. And I have a guide dog, and I've had guide dogs for almost exactly 30 years. And since you had mentioned earlier about how people with guide dogs are doing right now, I will say that my fourth leader dog, Willow, is doing extremely well. We try to still walk about four 
miles a day in the downtown area wow. of a very large city. And some people do go a good distance around us. I can hear that, and I do appreciate that. My problem is there are so many joggers and runners who are still out, and they very frequently will run right toward us before my guide dog and I have a chance to move aside much. So we're just keeping our straight line and proceeding and trying to get away from the runner or jogger or a couple of them together as quickly as possible. But uh, the other curious thing is that I really do believe that my guide dog has somehow gathered in that she should be doing social distancing. And I have seen this or experienced this repeatedly over the past couple of weeks, and it it is truly amazing to me. So she's a seasoned guide dog, and I certainly appreciate what she does for me all the time, but uh, even more so now. So many radio programs now are speaking about how happy the pet dogs are now, and I'm sure they are to have their family at home and around them and paying more attention to them. But I think it's just the opposite for our guide dogs. Our guide dogs are much more accustomed to having more destinations on our walks or as previously my guide dog would have been with me right in my classroom when I was teaching. But uh, now that I'm retired, of course, my fourth leader dog is not accustomed to that. But she's certainly accustomed to multiple destinations as we proceed through each day. But now it's, for example, I went two weeks without even going to my supermarket. So it's quite a different story, I think, for guide dogs who are very accustomed to uh, their routine being out and about different from pet dogs, of course. Now, the disadvantage, very briefly, I want to comment, although my guide dog will take me right up to the service window inside the supermarket or another place, whatever it may be, I still have this habit of reaching out and affirming with my hand, yes, this is the counter, I'm right in front of it now. And and I just have to find myself getting out of that touch and affirm or touch and confirm habit because I think, oh, I don't really want to touch all these surfaces right now. I -hmm. think that disadvantage, and thank you very much. Thank you, Miss Alice. We're impressed that you're walking four miles a day. That's pretty amazing. Um, Rick, are you there? And do we have someone else? Um, So I just wanted to, um, first of all, I want to apologize apologize for coming in late. Um, But, you know, one um, disadvantage is, you know, um, you know, when you look at the uh, graphic of a map, if you're looking at a local news station on the web, is that uh, you can't always see, um, to echo what Brian said, you can't always see uh, where the coronavirus is spreading in your area. Um, So that is a disadvantage. But, um, you know, um, I think uh, one advantage of uh, not only is Ira available, but also uh, Be My Eyes. Be My my Eyes is also a good uh, visual service to use. 
that can uh, help out in times of need. Good, good point. Mr. Jeff, do you have a disadvantage for us? Yeah, hi, Paul. So uh, I'm living in Kirkland, Washington, and uh, this is, uh, you know, the sort of really the place where all this all started in the country here in, in you know, near Seattle. And we actually live just across the street from the Evergreen Hospital. And uh, we still have to go over and see medical doctors and things of that nature due to some stuff that's going on with both my wife and I. And it's been pretty challenging, especially if you've already known routes uh, to get there due to the uh, tents and other large things that they've been putting up uh, due to needing to, you know, uh, examine people before you can even enter the hospital. So this has been uh, quite a challenge uh, of, of trying to figure out how do you stay distant, you know, six feet away, but also remain safe uh, in, in that type of an, uh, of an environment. And in addition to that, most hospitals these days will not allow anyone to accompany you uh, once you go in for whatever reason. So whether you're Excellent. going to the emergency room yep. or you're uh, going to go see a doctor who may be in a different part of the hospital, uh, you're pretty much on your own, which, which creates for some interesting challenges. So that's definitely a disadvantage to uh, all of this stuff that's going on. And it can, mm -hmm. and it can add a significant level of stress to well, I think an it already can. pretty stressful uh, situation. David Trott, talk to us. It, uh, it's, it's good to be with you tonight. I wanted to talk just a little bit about people that live in rural areas. You know, we all think about Uber, especially those of us that travel and Instacart and that kind of thing. But we have a large population of blind people who don't have these services. And right now in Alabama, what I'm trying to do is find out some of those so we can connect them with churches and things. But we, we really need to look as an organization at a lot of our rural areas and see just how our blind people are doing. I, I think that's an excellent point, Mr. David. Um, I'm going to try to recognize Tim and Cheryl. Okay, can you hear me, Paul? This is Tim we, Cummings. Go ahead, please. I, I have a, a solution to, to Deborah's problem with um, shipped because I had the same problem the other day. And what you have to do, Deborah, when you're in shipped is when you when you double tap on the item that you want to want to add to your cart, you then double tap where it says item detail. And after you do that, that opens up another window and then you can add your item to the cart and it should work. So. Excellent. Thank you, Tim. So glad you guys are back. Please give Cheryl a big hug for me. Tell We're her glad. I miss talking with her. We're glad to be back. She's right here in the background. And uh, so we're, we're excited that Tuesday Topics is back on the air. Excellent. That's excellent. All right, Michael. Thank you, Paul. Uh, for those of the people on here who don't know me, uh, I will mention that I am a person with a foot in two camps in that I am a legally blind guy, but I'm also a certified orientation and mobility specialist. That's something I took on later in my professional life, but 
still working a little bit doing that, although I'm semi-retired. And I received an interesting correspondence on one of the O&M lists the other day from the uh, Association for the Services to Blind People in South Africa. And their greatest concern with the coronavirus there was the fact that with the traditional sighted guide technique, which is normally taught now, people who are blind and who use sighted guide a lot grab the elbow. Well, what are people coughing and sneezing into these days but the elbow? And so there was a whole list of alternate sighted guide techniques going back to the old shoulder method or holding the upper arm or various things that they felt would solve that problem for the blindness population. And I think most of the people who are going to participate in a forum like this are people who are way past using sighted guide a whole bunch for stuff like that and might think that that's uh, uh, a little bit uh, sophomoric or, or unnecessary. But given what David Trott was just saying, I think that uh, we have to acknowledge that that is the kind of issue that a lot of people who are blind are concerned about, the very fact that their need for assistance requires them touching people more and violating that six-foot uh, uh, social barrier that we're all supposed to be observing. And so, in South Africa, they're really concerned about that. So, Michael, as an O&M instructor, what is your recommendation? Well, I think that there's, uh, if you're going to use sighted guide, I think there's a lot of logic to what the South Africans were saying, that uh, going back to the old shoulder method oh. and so on is probably a good idea. And my wife is tell him about the cane. sitting back there saying, I'll tell him about the cane and, and various other things. Why don't you come over here and tell him, dear? But uh, <laughs> I, I think that the issue is one of uh, the fact that if you have O&M skills, for God's sake, use them rather than depend on human assistance right now. He's being too mm -hmm. modest. Can you hear me? Yes, and we can. Sure okay. can. What they suggested, and we tried this the other day, and it does work. If you are walking with a sighted person, they walk in front of you. You unfold your cane almost as long as you can unfold it to. Or if you have a long cane, you, you hang on to the end. They hang on to the other end. And... To some degree, you can get information, not as much, but you can walk that way with your guide and still talk to them if you can hear them. And um, that works. Since I have the floor, I want to make one comment and then I'll go. I find it interesting that I have relatives in Georgia, Colorado, uh, Missouri, and Kansas. And guess who calls them? I do. Of course you None of my relatives have been calling to check up on me, and I just find that fascinating. I, I think one of one of the one of the things that I think a lot of us has found is that is that we are the caretakers. It it, it isn't the people who aren't disabled who are the caretakers. It's us, right? And 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 that 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 I think is something that that all of us have discovered over the last month or so, um, because I've had this. Uh, a lot of people with similar experiences. Uh, Mr. Rick, you're back. 
Yeah, I'm here, Paul. Uh, <laughs> five eight two nine. You're you're up. Yeah. Hi. This is Peter from uh, Columbia, Missouri. And one of the things I've noticed um, after moving from the East Coast is that people are less um, comfortable being assisted by a blind person. And what I'm really talking about is, you know, if I uh, offer to be of some help in some kind of a project, community project, um, what, what often happens is people say, oh, we'd love to have you, and then I never hear from them again. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean I can't do stuff. It just is, is frustrating, I think, particularly – you know, when there really is a need for certain things um, that's going on in the community where we really might be able to help, um, uh, that, you know, for some reason people just don't can't quite envision a blind person, oh, I don't know, uh, making phone calls, for example. Um, so, I, you know, and that's too bad because there are things I think we really could do to be of support to the community that we're not getting the opportunity to do. Have you noticed, um, Peter, any any difference with with the virus or is it the same as it were always it's the same as it, it's the same as it's been as far as, far as i can tell um uh, you know it's, it's just a weird thing and it's and the, the interesting thing about the east coast at least in my experience is that if i said hey i might be able to help you with this i either get here i either get a yes let's talk or a no we're not interested you know it was a very clear-cut yes or no here it's always oh that's great we'd love to have you and then most of the time you know there's no follow-up yeah, and uh, I find that kind of um, annoying, and it's too bad. It's, you know, it's too it, bad. it is disconcerting. Yep, yeah. Mr. Rick, eight oh seven six. You're next. Oh, that would be Ralph Smitherman from Mississippi. It's good to have Tuesday topics back on ACB Radio. Uh, I think the main issue for the disadvantage of this situation is. We often have to change our routines that we have grown accustomed to, to, you know, talking with people, being with people, and that has made us all have to adjust in some way. Of course, we seem to find ways to do that, which is good. Uh, and the um, the one advantage that um, I wanted to say was uh, reading. I love to read. I'm sure all of us. I've read more now than we ever have in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Notwithstanding, um, I think changing our routines uh, it can be a disadvantage. But on the other hand, we do find ways to do that. Thank you. Thank you. So do you feel, do you think that blind people feel more isolated than others would, Ralph? Uh, in my experience, I, I do not, but... Uh, David brought up a good point about people in rural areas where they're isolated anyway, and this this may uh, encumber the uh, effort to make them less isolated. So, uh, I, you know, it's hard for it's hard for me to say that uh, the people I know are more isolated because uh, I, I don't think they are. But that's just my small experience. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Rick? Yes, 4948. Hi, this is a long list of people, apparently, today, tonight. Uh, Paul, I'm glad you're so glad to be back with Tuesday Topics. Um, Thank you, Miss Terry. Miss Terry. I had uh, I originally put my hand up back in the advantages side. <laughs> 
Um, one advantage that I, this is, it's funny, it's, in a way it's a disadvantage, but in a way it is an advantage. Um, one of the things that we've noticed with a lot of communication with people through, be it Zoom or other conference calling, and that is one of the things that we're very used to is not dealing, is being able to communicate without having to deal with eye contact. And it, it's seems to the sighted community is pretty freaked at the idea of having to actually talk without using FaceTime or without using uh, Zoom video, something like that, because they're actually like, especially younger people, I think they don't remember what it is to just use a telephone. I don't want to look, I don't want to look at all those sighted people anyway. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're communicating with each other, I think is more difficult. And I think one of the other advantages that we've had is that you touched on earlier um, is the networking. We have had yes. the advantage, especially through ACB, of having coast-to-coast -coast networks where most people, if they're doing coast-to-coast, -coast, might be with a close family member um, or maybe with work, not with friends. You know, our and I think friends another much, disadvantage... Much larger. Yeah, I think another advantage that we have is there are lists like the ACB list or the leadership list where exactly. if, if we're running into trouble or we have a question, we, we can always get that answered by putting a question on a list and getting a response to it. Mr. Rick, we're yeah. coming towards other, the end. but Two but other very, do... very quick. My, yes, go. Paul, two yes. other very, go very Terry. quick things. Number one, on Instacart, what I have learned is when you go in there, if you hit when you go to do the pickup for instance i did it sunday night it was telling me that it would be friday and it has the other option is next available i hit next available expecting it to be sometime friday they were here monday afternoon with it it's Excellent. try using next available it's a really good service on there or it can be anyway and the Very other good. issue with the guide dogs the other quick one with the guide dogs remember this guide dogs travel on the left side of the sidewalk on the left side of a corridor so that the jogger is running isn't really running toward you you're walking toward them because they're staying on the right which is coming in the opposite direction you're walking into them more than they're running into you and that's where you run into a lot more problems with people using guide dogs um, on sidewalks and such people are always moving around people with guide dogs because of that that Thank happens you, Terry. very, very often. Take care and Thank glad you. to have Tuesday Topics back. Thank you. Rick, perhaps the last question? Go ahead. I was said about hugging, and I really agree with her. Specifically, being Italian, we're hugging people. And I think that's part of the problem in Italy right now. When you think about it, everyone greets each other with a hug and an air kiss on the right and the left side of the cheek. And... Of course, it's biblical. Paul told the Romans to greet each other with a Roman kiss, but it's kind of detrimental right now with what's happening. But I think that's something that's really missed right now by many people, even even in our congregation when we normally hug each other with a welcome hello on, on our meeting days, we're just elbowing, and now we're not even doing that. We can't even greet each other at all. So I think that's something really missed by many sighted and those of us that are not sighted. Thank you very much. I um, I think I'm going to Italy. I want more kisses. 
<laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've had, I think we've had a, a lively discussion this evening. I think we've managed to talk about all kinds of advantages, and I hope you'll share those advantages with other people around you. You know, I think it is clear that we're able to read better, that we're able to network better, that we know a lot of apps better, um, that we have networks set up that can enable us to do better. I think we do have definite disadvantages, and I think a lot of those got raised as well. And I hope that those disadvantages will guide our organization in trying to develop some priorities don't simply uh, look towards planning a virtual convention, but also look at how we can make things better for people who are blind, who are members of ACB or who are not in, in the pandemic. I think it really is important that what we try to do as participants in the world of the living is to develop and implement a set of strategies that enable us to optimize what we can to make things better for us. I've truly enjoyed being back as the host of the first Tuesday topic, and I'm excited about the fact that we've got another one scheduled for next week. I'm simply going to tell you what the title is as we move towards the theme, and I hope many of you will come because it could be interesting. So the title of the next Tuesday topic is... so. Who's the blank, blank president and what's he doing about the virus anyway? So who's the blank, blank president and what's he doing about the virus anyway? So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for having been a part of Tuesday Topics. I've been excited at how well we've managed to cope with the technological excitements that we've had to deal with tonight. And I'd like to thank my co-host, Rick Morin, for all of his help in making Tuesday Topics as effective as it was tonight. Mm-hmm.